Hi, and welcome back to the episode 13 of the Happy Raccoon Podcast. This is part two of a two-part episode. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I recommend you hit that pause button and you go back and you listen to part one of this episode. In this part, Greg and I talk about uh, his car accident that ended up being fatal for the other person in their car, and we talk about living a fulfilling life for the Lord. So I really recommend you tuning in to both episodes. I really do appreciate you for coming back for episode two, and I look forward to, uh, yeah, and you guys enjoying the rest of this episode. So thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, enjoy. Genuinely, I want to say before that, like, I've been looking forward to having you on here, and this is not the reason. It's certainly something that's really interesting about you, and it's something I'm really proud of how far you've come, um, but this is not why you're here, and I did not expect that you wanted to talk about this and, and, and share this, um, and in fact, I'll go so far as to say that should you, and then this goes for anything on this podcast, and I've said the same thing to anyone that's come on the podcast, should you be laying in bed tonight and you think to yourself, shoot, I wish I didn't say that? You text me, I can edit it out, right? Sure. Um, but let's, let's talk about a couple of days after you helped me move into this house. It's like September 4th. Yep. Um, I'm going to let you take it away. Um, tell me tell me what happened. So September 4th, 2019 um, will be a day I'll never forget. And um, I think it was... It, it definitely has shaped me in incredible ways. Um, I was on my way to work. I just started a new job. Um, I'm now a branch manager for a bank, and I had just started with this position mm-hmm. um, at that point in time. And so I was on my way to another branch for some additional training, and I was maybe like a mile and a half from the branch, my destination, um, and I had a tire blow. Um, and... I was going around a curve as my tire blew and I drifted into the other lane and I um, hit another individual head on. Um, That individual was not wearing his seatbelt and unfortunately did not survive. And so um, I only have a small, like maybe two inch scar on my head Mm -hmm. from the accident. Thankfully I was, I was like buckled in, but um, so seatbelts save lives. And if you're listening, you need to wear your seatbelt. <laughs> um, but that day, um, changed my life. Um, as a result of that, um, it has brought us through one of the greatest storms my wife and I have, have weathered. Um, I think life is full of seasons and the season that we're in right now is a gift from God. 
um, because we've been in such tumultuous seasons for so many different reasons at so many different times for such long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this was probably the most drastic um, because of the individual passing away. I was um, pressed with charges, mm-hmm. and which have now been you know, settled and, and we're walking through, um, we're walking through that portion of this journey. Yeah. Um, and, and God definitely has overseen that. Um, even honestly, probably 35 years ago worth of overseeing it because yeah. our lawyer, um, who represented me was my father-in-law's roommate at Word of Life. Mm. Um, so, even just probably actually realistically like 40 years ago, now that I really think about it, I think he graduated 19, like 82, I think it was the early eighties. Mm. So, um, you know, God had been sovereignly involved, you know, for a long period of time, even before this, but not only is he a lawyer, but he specializes in the type of lawyership that mm. I needed him to represent for me. Um, so, so that day, um, I will never forget it, and um, I'm I'm really thankful uh, for the support that I've had, you know, from our church and from friendships, and um, it has been a very humbling thing. Yeah. Um, but God has really used it in a lot of ways, like for me to see the lowliest of the low. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you go into a probation office, like you're not seeing business owners usually yeah. like like my my world in banking is is very professional yeah. and so there's a, a realm and oh, sorry a, a spectrum is a better word mm-hmm. um, a spectrum of people that you see um, but you usually don't see that low of the spectrum mm-hmm. and so being able to um, walk into a place like that yeah and see these types of people and you're like do you know what these are the people that Jesus died for. Like these are yeah. not only that, but these were the people that, that Jesus invested in, mm-hmm. you know, um, during that season when everything was being finalized, um, from the legal side, um, my a friend of mine and I were reading and he actually listens to this podcast, uh, Josh DePew, uh, shout out to Josh, I guess, but, mm-hmm. um, I saw him yesterday. Him and I are re, reading through the new Testament together mm. chapter a day. Um, I'm a little behind. I'm a couple chapters behind, but, um, but we were reading through the gospels while that season was happening. Yeah. And so just seeing the compassion that Jesus has yeah. and, and seeing the way he, he dismissed the judgment of others yeah. to to pour into these people it was a very um vivid lesson in memory um that I'll never forget like like these are the these are the sick that the physician has come to heal these mm-hmm. are the lowest of the low that are here to be lifted up out of the miry clay like these yeah. are these people um and so i just i think about that on occasion, probably less than I should. Mm. Um, and I, I pray about it probably even less than I think about it of 
opportunity for me to not only be a light in that that setting because you know probation officers for example they kind of get the shaft a lot but um but also you know if i come into contact with anyone yeah in that boat being being a light and uh but yeah that was uh that was a tumultuous time and it has had rippling effects of um, like my wife and I were in the pursuit of an international adoption mm-hmm. um, that has now been postponed mm-hmm. significantly. Um, you know, we were involved in the foster system and um, like being foster parents, like our, our kids are in a very loving home. So mm-hmm. they're safe and everything's good. We just wanted to open that up to yeah other kids um and so like th- that's off the table yeah um so there's i i can't go home to canada and mm-hmm. covid you know just is another good excuse i guess yeah. to not get there but um there's just a lot of things to it um but i am thankful you know for the guy i work with um he's pretty laid back and very understanding and just like yeah. but um it's just given me a whole different dimension of society yeah. and how even like a freak accident um, that can, that can alter someone's life and you could be in a totally different social status can humble you so quickly. Yeah. And it just makes me realize like everything that I have is not because of my own self building. It is a gift and it can be torn away in a moment absolutely um and it, it can be given given to me in a moment you know so hmm. that that has been a journey um there was a lot of fear in that time um i had looked at one point um at several months like over a year worth of um worth of jail time away from my family mm-hmm. um a loss of my job um a loss of my license uh, just a lot of things, even um, the possibility of deportation. Mm-hmm. And so losing my home, um, my community, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I look back at my time, like I look back at Canada and I, I love Canada. And if there's any listeners in Canada, like shout out <laughs> huge, but, um, and like my family's all there, like my, my biological family. Um, but my home is here. Yeah. Um, because my, my life is here. Right. And so knowing that there was this level of, of fear walking through that season, like you, you had asked me, um, what was, what was a time when you were afraid, like really afraid? Like that was that time. Yeah. Um, you know, that was nine months ago yeah you know that we were walking through that season right of fear of knowing that i could lose and then having this understanding of well things could be settled by this time and then COVID hits yeah and that just postponed everything right when it came to all of it um a lot of false accusation there was a lot of things we had to work through yeah um with that and just see the faith you know like i just read 
Hebrews 11 not too long ago, again, reading through the New Testament and seeing these people, you know, that, that God chooses to list in that chapter of looking forward in faith mm-hmm. and specifically Abraham when he offered up Isaac, like the cost and the pain that he went through, like that was a three day journey from mm-hmm. where he was, where he had to walk with his son, knowing what he had to do. Right. Like, could you walk with Haven, not saying a word to her about it for three days? No. Knowing that you had to kill her? No. Like, I couldn't do that? No. Nope. And and so, but that was, that's what Abraham had to do. And he had this huge amount of pain. I'm sure there was this level of fear. But God contributes his action as an action of faith. Yeah. And I look back on this, that season of my life, that very recent season, and the byproduct of that fear is faith. Right. Um, and, and the blessing of God and the, the, uh, the humbling, it, it is sweet. Yeah. And, and these seasons, they, they hurt and they, they're dark. Um, but they have a purpose. Right. And if we submit to the purpose, that's going to reap dividends, not just for our own lives, but, you know, like maybe there's someone listening to this podcast who's like, man, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And then there was those same, those same byproducts of, of faith and courage and perspective are going to be passed on to them. And, you know, I hope to someday pass these things on to my kids and show it and display it with my family. And, Hmm. you know, so that's why like when you were, you had originally had introduced this little segue, um, that you were surprised that I was willing to talk about it. Like for me to diminish the work of the Lord Hmm. is, is for me to be so proud to hold back how God has worked elevates me as God. Hmm. You know, because I'm a, I'm essentially prioritizing my agenda over maybe what he wants to accomplish, right. and and that is the Messiah complex. So, mm. um, is mm. it heavy? Is it dark? Was there struggle? You know, and and struggle not just from the legal system, which you know I talked about primarily, but like with our family and protecting yeah. my kids. Like my, my kids still don't know right. that someone passed away in that accident. Um, and if you're listening and you know my family, please don't blow that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so like my kids don't know that. Right. They know that daddy was in a bad accident and that he's okay. Yeah. Um, and they they know the importance of wearing a seatbelt. Like, yeah. they're not ready. They're, they're eight and five. Like, right. <laughs> they're not ready. Yeah. Um, but the, the toll that that has played on our, our family. Yeah. Um, the things in my life that, um, you know, kind of came to light, you know, things like that, just God uses to dredge Mm -hmm. the pond, so to speak. Yeah. Like just to take all the junk out and, um, God used the accident to do the same thing with me. And so like how we walk through things as, as a married couple, how we communicate effectively, like how do we, pursue each other how do we 
pursue the Lord. Right. Um, you know, I, I really was in a time that time I was very proud and just like I had started a new job. I was going to be the face of a brand, um, in a brand new market. Like these are all these things that are just puffing my head myself up. Yeah. And so I think, I think God uses those things to really accomplish a greater purpose. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, you know, I'm, I'm fine with disclosing all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate it. You know, it is heavy stuff. And I remember, I remember, you know, hearing, hearing about it. I was, you know, obviously so concerned for you. Um, you know, it, I didn't know right away that, you know, the man had passed away, but, you know, there's just a certain like, you know, somber, I don't know if that's the right word, but mm-hmm. it's very, there's a very dark feeling knowing that your friend could be in trouble, um, in any capacity. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, so thankful as I've, you know, closely, but not too close, tried to follow along with you with throughout what was going mm-hmm. on. And you kept me up to date more than, you know, I expected. And, um, but you know, it's one of those things where I don't want to push too hard and ask you questions. It's you are super delicate. Have, yeah. You know, it's it a is. super delicate situation. Yeah. And, and we all know what that's like to face. And it, and it could be something like this. Right. It could be something totally different. Yeah. But delicate situations, there are always a level of, there's a level of tact that we have to yeah. negotiate. Right. And, yeah. And I remember, um, yeah, I remember hearing the news and I was just like, I was pretty, pretty bummed. And, and, uh, yeah, but walking through that, you know, from where we were at, you know, for you and, and just praying for you every day and people thinking about you and, and, uh, you know, I, I never had a friend go through something like this. Um, and so for me, it really taught me, um, a lot about emotionally caring more for your friends. Mm. And it's, it's incredibly easy to think of like, all right, well, man, they got themselves into one quite of a mess. And, you know, from my perspective, it was a learning opportunity for me to, you know, I felt that, that mess for you. And, um, you know, I remember the day you told me that, you know, the, the charges and everything had slowly started to resolve and you weren't going to spend any time in jail. And like, I was like, just elated at that, Mm. (laughs) you know, but, um, I'm, you know, incredibly proud of you and, and happy that, you know, just where you've come through all of that. Mm. And, um, praise God, man, honestly, like I, and that's such a cliche thing to say, but yeah, you know, I yeah. think everyone has heard my remarks so far. Mm-hmm. Like that two word phrase of praise God is 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 so authentic yeah. for me when it comes to this particular season and how things have have panned out. Yeah. Um and just the work that he's done in my life. Mm. It it it's supernatural. Yeah. And incredibly life giving. And I'm excited, you know, to see honestly how God's going to redeem. Yeah. He's going to redeem it all because that's what he's here to do. Absolutely. So. Awesome. Well, I think from there, like my next question for you, um, and, you know, I think this is going to be on the part two part of, uh, you know, your time on this podcast, um, is I'd love to, you know, both in combination, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, 
what I wanted to hear from you as far as talking more like a spiritual life advice. And this has been a pretty deep podcast. It's been probably my deepest one yet as far as like the quality of the conversation, which is pretty shocking because you and I are both goofballs together. But absolutely. (laughs) um, But so the thing I really wanted to to get your take on um, and uh, as I'm thinking about how I'm going to edit this transition, but (laughs) the thing I really wanted to get your take on um, is living a life of fulfillment and being content with where you're at and where mm-hmm. God has brought you. It's something that I particularly struggled with, but I think the best way to segue into that is obviously you've had this incredibly life altering moment. Um, if you haven't listened to part one of this episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it, but um, you've had this life altering moment and have you had the opportunity to, to really ask yourself what it means for the future and how it changes your goals in the future or are you just kind of riding this day by day um i think i think that comes in waves mm-hmm. um and i i think walking through it with my wife specifically um we kind of shift mm-hmm. between who's thinking about the longer term and who's thinking of the day-to-day yeah you know so i th- i think that is a good thing like I want to communicate that it's not like my wife and I are on two separate pages. Mm-hmm. I think it's just good for the two of us to, because it, again, it switches, which tells me that right. we're we're both thinking on the same wavelengths, just at different times. Um, but it just it just tells me that there's a level of godly perspective that's being mm-hmm. cast on the situation whenever it's visited and discussed. Um, you know, I've had some people say like. Oh, I bet you he thinks about that moment every day. Hmm. Absolutely not. Hmm. And, and and I don't say that lightly. Like, like someone died. Yeah. And part of it, like, because of me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I think that's not something I take lightly at all. Right. Um, but... I can't just live in that moment. Yeah. And and I think it's easy it's easy to get lost in that moment when God says, No, 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 no. Forget what lies behind. Press on for what's ahead. Yeah. Like I have I have so many great things in store for you in so many ways that I'm going to redeem you. There's so many ways that I'm going to um you know turn this mess into glory mm-hmm. like but that can't happen if if we just choose to focus on what's holding us back right um you know i've talked about hebrews in the last podcast and you know hebrews 11 well then hebrews 12 turns around and just says hey because of what we saw last chapter in hebrews 11 let's let's shed the sin mm-hmm in our lives. And then it also says, and the things that so easily entangle us. So like thinking back on that accident and allowing it to cripple me would be one of those things that easily entangles me. Yeah. It's, is it sinful to think back on that? No. Like, I think there's good perspective that comes to September 4th of 2020. Like I 
took some serious inventory that day just to remember like it was a mm-hmm. year ago like i'll do the same thing every september 4th yeah of the in taking inventory of my life yeah like because i think that is healthy and i think that is good and i think that's a way to process through the grief yeah. um but i can let that entangle me yeah and it will limit the race that i run and ultimately you know there's a, a really great song um, by Trip Lee, and in one of the lyrics in the song, it says, um, "Trophies never go to those who have a good beginning. Hmm. Trophies never go to those who have a good beginning. Yeah, like it's about how you finish the race. Yeah, and so that's that's my that's my focus right now. So, um, yeah, like that life altering situation. How has that really shaped me and and challenged my level of contentment? Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things that have led to that that journey. You mm-hmm. know, um, part of part of the journey would would be, of course, this accident. Um, another part of the journey would have been. Um, my wife's DNC. Like we mm-hmm. had two kids. We have two amazing kids. I love my kids. They're incredible. Um, they have made me into a man that um, I'm thankful for, but mm-hmm. at the same time have shown me that I need to be better. Um, and by the grace of God, I, I want to pursue that. But so like we have these two great kids um, and my wife thought she was pregnant with baby number three. We were really, really excited. And uh, she ended up having what's called a molar pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so she had a DNC done. Um, and then she ended up having to go through chemotherapy because of it. Mm. And so that journey of of going through that whole season. And I think what really helps me now understand and appreciate the lessons with con- for contentment is to recognize the season. Yeah. Like there is a season for everything. Like Ecclesiastes talks about that. There is a season for everything. And those seasons are going to allow us to value what are in them that much more. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy to look for the next season. Right. Or it's so easy to look back at the previous season. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially when we're in bad seasons, but I feel like without those seasons, God is not able to draw out yeah. what he wants to, to see in our lives and what he wants to use in our lives for the, for his glory and for mm-hmm. our good. Um, you know, I just read a book here last month that talks about the desert, Yeah, you know, and it's those, those deserts of life. Um, and he, the writer in that book really used it to, to demonstrate, like, there's a reason why John the Baptist lived in the desert before he started his ministry. You know, there's a reason why Jesus was drawn into the desert before he really, like right after he was baptized, he was drawn into the desert. Yeah. Um, and then, um, he really kicked off his ministry after that point. There's a reason why Paul, when he, after he was, you know, saved, gloriously like he went into the wilderness for three Mm. years like there's this you know the people of israel walk through the wilderness there's this level of importance of the desert 
that people overlook or that maybe not even overlook, but they diminish its value. Mm-hmm. And when they diminish its value, contentment is reflected in that. Hmm. Like a lack of contentment is reflected in that. You know, and like you mentioned that you, you're struggling with this even now. Yeah. Um, and not to say that I've arrived because that certainly is not the case. Like I'm in a position right now where I want to be able to move up in the organization that I'm in. Um, I have an opportunity to um, take a swing at another opportunity within mm-hmm. my organization um, that would lead me to, it would be better for my family. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of benefit to it. Um, and so I want to make sure that I have the right perspective, even moving into right. it, that even if I don't get that opportunity, like I need to be content with what I have. Yeah. And God has been incredibly gracious. He's been incredibly good. Um, so I think, you know, I kind of have been rambling a little bit, but you're good. Appreciating the season, recognizing like there's a lot of things that God uses. Yeah. Um, to, to grow these things, uh, that are good and to weed out the things that are bad. Yes. Um, but that all comes with seasons, you know, yeah. Winter has its purpose. Even though here in Northeast Pennsylvania, it's a little <laughs> longer than I would like it to be. Yeah. Um, and that's coming from a Canadian. Like, um, you know, spring is really, really wet. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here summer, May showers bring June flowers, maybe. If you're yeah, lucky. maybe. And then, um, like, summer is too short. And mm-hmm. then fall is really, really nice. And fall is my favorite season. So that's okay. But, like... Each season has its purpose. Right. Each season has its design that God ultimately wants to accomplish um, from the simplest things to the, the grandest of things in nature, but even specifically in our own lives, that same principle yeah. applies. Um, yeah, I think that's great. I think, um, yeah, the reason I was so excited to talk to you about this specifically is that you know we're at a point right now where you know, we want to be in Wisconsin already, mm-hmm. right? We want to be going to school. We want to be making strides towards something, um, you know, that's greater than what we're doing currently as far as our goals of serving the Lord and our goals of doing other things. But but I want to, cha- I want to stop you and challenge you just real quickly for a second. All right. That is what God, that's the key to contentment though, is that mm-hmm. that is what God is doing now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, I think that's like, you know, kind of what I'm getting at is that, you know, I told Becca a while back that, you know, I didn't want Haven to grow up with a mediocre dad, hmm. right? And I wanted to be more um, for her and I wanted to just to be better, but but that's not at all what what God wants or, or says, right? God doesn't want me to strive to be a cooler dad for Haven, um, he wants me to, to, to glorify him every day and to, and to display his love to the people around me in my own community. And I've slowly realized whether I like it or not, that, you know, where God has me at each season in my life is exactly where I'm supposed to be, whether I want it or not, whether I'm trying to get to the next thing or not. 
And it's really, you know, we talk about The Office all the time, but Andy Bernard says it in one scene. This is really kind of a weird random thing, but he says one time that everyone kind of quotes now is that, um, I wish you would know when you're in the good old days before you've left them kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? That's what he says. While you were living them. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm at this point now where I've been battling my own ambitions and that I want to be more like I want, if it were up to me, you know, by now I would have been a Bush pilot, missionary pilot overseas, but realistically like that's 10 years away and that frustrates me a lot. Hmm. But where God really has me right now is learning to be a better father and a better husband and he's teaching me how to better serve my church um and he's teaching me how to better serve my community and there's a lot of things that not that i need to go through a rite of passage but i'm learning that there's so many places i want to go that i'm concerned that i'm gonna forget to stop and look around and value what i've been given and the opportunity i've been given to to raise Haven well in the environment she's currently in. And same with Lennon, you know, Lennon right now just sort of sits out and waits for the next boob to come along. But um, yeah, so I think that there's, you know, I'm slowly learning and fighting my inability to be content and trying to learn to be content because my desire for so long has been to, you know, I want to get to the next thing and I want to get to the next thing. I've been doing marketing and sales um, what feels like against my will for a long time mm. and I've gotten good at it, but it's something that I've wanted to be doing something different for a while. And it just seems like I can't seem to climb out of, of that hole, but I've slowly learned that my number one job title is dad and husband and, you know, son of Jesus. And, you know, as I'm, Getting through all of those things. Yeah, it's and almost I'm, like number one, A, B, and C. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's I, I've had to sit down and ask myself multiple times that if this is if this is it for the rest of my life, um, in that I live in this area where there's only sunshine, what feels like two weeks out of the year, and and you know I'm you know, doing the same job I'm doing now. Um, if this is it for me, am I capable of being content? Because I know I should be, am I capable of that? But also, is there still an opportunity for opportunity for me to serve the Lord and to raise my daughters in a way that glorifies God Hmm. and to make an impact in a way that is nourishing to people around me and my community and where I can make an impact in friendships and relationships? And the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely. Like whether I make it to where I want to be, um, you know, in, in two or three years from now or not, where I am right now is sufficient for whatever God has for me tomorrow. And I think that's something that I've been resistant towards or resistant of, but I'm like forcing myself and starting to come around, which is a really good thing because I need it. Um, but I'm really thankful that, you know, I'm at where I'm at right now because, and that isn't necessarily mean that I stop working hard and doesn't mean that necessarily, you know, change goals. Cause I think that God does have something for us in the future in ministry. But I think that sometimes when you push so hard on that, you forget to be active exactly where God has you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing that really has stuck out with me, even when you first said like, Hey, this is something I want to get your thoughts on. Um, probably, the first thought I had when you had mentioned this, and, and I, I totally don't think it's my own thought. I think it's 
divinely given because it's divinely inspired. But in, in Luke, you know, it, it talks about, like Jesus says, if, if you are faithful in little, you will be faithful in much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I think what we overlook so much when we look at that passage is like, okay, like faithful in little, then I'll be faithful in much. And we focus on the much. Mm-hmm. We don't focus on the little. And we don't realize that Jesus is giving a timeline. He's not, he's not just giving a recipe, like add a little and then you'll get much. Like, mm-hmm. no, he's giving, he's giving a timeline. Like this is going to take a process. This is going yeah. to take um, intentionality and there's going to be development and mm-hmm. there's going to be growth and there's going to be hardship. Um but that is how we are determined when, if we are faithful, mm-hmm. that's really how we're determined if we're going to be faithful is if how we handle those things yeah. with the little things first. Absolutely. And then as we, as the Lord sees that faithfulness, mm-hmm. the much comes later. Yeah. That, that amount of responsibility grows, you know, like, Jesus also says to whom much is given, much is required. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's a level of growth that comes as we start with the faithful and the little mm-hmm. to being faithful in much. Yeah. Um, and much. I, and I, I think that's a principle that applies, you know, not just in ministry. Like I'm, I'm in a world where I wanted to be in ministry. Yeah. Like I, I thought for sure that God was going to lead us in pastoral ministry um, I thought for sure that that was, um, a, a way that God was going to use my life and it lined up with my gifts. Um, but what I've come to realize is that although my gifts are the same, you know, like I still believe that I have the gift of being a, a pastor teacher. Like mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that that is a gift that God has blessed me with. But that doesn't mean I have to carry it out yeah. as a vocation in the local church. It means I have to carry it out in the local church. Mm-hmm. And so there's a level of faithfulness that I have to display as I exercise that gift for his glory first in the little things yeah, and then growing in much. And then another passage that, that I've just been really wrestling through and just finding this level of encouragement is in um, Hebrews 11 again, like talking about the promise that God was making to all these people of faith and how they were looking forward to a kingdom that is not made with hands. Yeah. You know, am, am I more concerned about my kingdom and how I want to see my agenda carried out and fulfilled, how I want to impact the world myself? Um, my own resume, my own attributes, my own qualities, my own qualifications. Am I more concerned about that? Or am am I more concerned about seeing the development of your kingdom come, your will be done? Mm. And if I fall into that, so be it. Like that, that shift has been something that has been super fresh yeah. for me. Um, and then, and then another thing is, um, I want to say it's Galatians 6, um, where Paul is talking about um, how we need to 
endure for for in a in a little while we will reap a harvest if we do not give up Hmm. and again it just displays that fundamental principle that jesus laid out of being faithful and little hold out because you will reap a harvest and what harvest shows up you know when when we look at harvest and we even say like a like a piece of corn you know like we plant corn in the ground one kernel grows up a stock that produces is it safe to say millions of kernels like no, at probably. least thousands yeah you know like so we look at this principle of of sowing and reaping in in nature we see it um in the bible starting with the little mm-hmm. and seeing this yield like like paul is saying like hey stay faithful for a little while because you will you will reap a harvest mm-hmm. if you not give up and he actually mentions like in the chapter before this this idea of reaping and sowing but he's referring to it with sow to the flesh and you will reap destruction and sow to the spirit and you'll reap the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. so um i think part of that contentment is taking an inventory of what you're sowing yeah and then sowing it faithfully. Hmm. Um, yeah. and, and again, these are all things that these are all things that I, I'm not. I haven't arrived. Yeah, absolutely not. I've I've I'm growing, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm thankful in that. But there's with the accident and and being able to take solid inventory, like things yeah. like that allow you to take inventory of your life yeah. my wife's dnc and then later her her walk through chemo mm-hmm. um that that takes serious that encourages serious inventory of, my, yeah. of your life even i was denied for my my green card the first time mm-hmm. you know and that was that was three thousand dollars flushed down the toilet for a guy who couldn't work $3,000 is hard to come by when you can't work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like you're walking through those types of seasons where you, you see, you see these insurmountable difficulties that you seem to think that you can't overcome yeah. just have pushed me to inventory my life. And when you're able to inventory your life, you're able to see what is truly valuable. Mm-hmm. You're able to see what you're really sowing. Mm-hmm. You're will, you're able to see how much effort you're putting into that sowing right. because that determines your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great, Greg. I really appreciate you sharing all that. Um, yeah, I think... I feel like I'm talking so much more. You are, and it's, <laughs> it's good because I've been talking a lot. But uh, no, I really do appreciate that. I think everything you're saying is really great. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, as I continue to strive towards living a life that is both fulfilling, but also fulfilling to what God's will is for me, um, which is pretty simply laid out for me in scripture, I think those are all super great things to remember. And and uh, we're going to wrap up that episode there. But um, yeah, I really appreciate everything you said. I appreciate your your willingness to come on here and then open up to me about some, some of the, the good and the bad in your life. Um, 
and share your love you have for your wife and the journey you guys have come through together. Mm -hmm. And um, you're a great friend, Greg. I really appreciate you a lot. And I appreciate you coming on for episode 13. Hey, this has been awesome. And if this is part two, I don't know if it's like 13A and 13B, but like, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate this time. I'm glad we could figure it out finally. Yeah. It's been a long time. It to, has. It to took, try to figure it out. It took uh, it took a lot of work to get you on here, but you're a busy guy. Like I said, in part one of this, is that you um, are the busiest guy I know. I think, really are. I think like this is like the first week that Becca and I have really slammed our schedules, and I'm like, I think this is what Greg and Jess do like every week. Like every night has something except for like two nights, and I'm like, man, couldn't couldn't be me. But I really hope though that. You know, although I am busy, mm-hmm. I hope, you know, we talked in part one about friendship that that busyness has not impacted our friendship. Um, but also, like, in a sense, I hope it has fortified it. Sure. Because I think those that busyness has allowed our our paths to cross in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm needy, but I'm not that needy. But I also <laughs> hope that that level of busyness does not reflect... Um, meaningless busyness you know what i mean like i really hope that you look at man greg is really busy and jess is really busy but we're not at it for the sake of our own selves or we're not at it for the sake of like building up our own yeah kingdom for lack of a better word no i don't think of that way at all um yeah you know so i i'm humbled you know that you've recognized that and and um, and that you value that, mm-hmm. but I, I really hope that at the end of the day, what's really communicated is that I, I'm not too busy to prioritize what's really important. Wow. Um, you, you kind of, I know we tried wrapping this up earlier and sorry, I'm going right. to go back to this, but one other thing that I would say is huge with contentment is that Jesus promises that he has come that we might have life and life to the full. Hmm. Um, and that's something that we teach our kids. Like when it comes to discipline, when it comes to um, making choices, like following after Jesus is ultimately going to lead to the fullest life. Mm-hmm. Fullest life. Regardless of what seasons you're passing through, if, if you are walking with Jesus, even in those seasons, he is going to use that to later bring the fullest life. Yeah. You know, we, we lost what we thought was baby number three, and that has brought us on this beautiful journey mm-hmm. of pursuing adoption, which yeah. has brought us really at the core um, on this beautiful journey of pursuing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is the picture that he uses to display his love for us. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, Jesus has used my wife's chemo to help us relate to other people who are going through chemo and, and be hospitable towards those kinds of things and sensitive to other health issues. You know, there's all kinds of things that, (coughs) that have led to a fuller life. Right. And so, um, you know, Jesus offers a parallel in that same passage. Like, you know, the devil comes so that he can steal kill and destroy mm-hmm. but i have come that you may have life and life to the full and i think satan very easily tries to distract us with discontentment mm-hmm. which 
steals our joy, which kills our spirit. It destroys our testimony because then we're looking at other things to try to fill that contentment void. And if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that we will find that, mm-hmm. that fuller life. And we'll find it even in the present, yeah. even regardless of what we're walking through. There's going to be a level of, of joy and hope that he will offer regardless of the season that will help us and will point us to the fuller life. And, and I think it's not just fuller life, you know, now, but Jesus came that we may have life and life to the full. I think that is, that also is eternal. Hmm. Like he came that we could have eternal life. We clearly understand that. That's clearly portrayed in scripture, but um, it helps us have that, that heavenly mindset of fixing our eyes on things above. Yeah. So, um, understanding that, that truth that Jesus has come, that we may have life and life to the full, that is foundational. And at least in my household, um, and it is applicable to so many things. Uh, our kids hear it mostly because of discipline, like, but yeah, that's just the stage that they're in. Yeah. But there's a level that is such a foundational bedrock truth. Yeah. That we need to operate on on a daily basis. So awesome. But thank you again. This has been awesome. Yeah. I have I have really enjoyed my time here. Well, I'll have to have you back, man. I, I don't I don't mind sequels. So but uh yeah, Greg, thanks so much for coming on, sharing your heart. Really appreciate no it. Problem. And uh we'll go ahead and call that episode thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. <laughs>